Father, we thank you for the songs that have been sung. We thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. We thank you for opportunity to worship you in giving, an opportunity to come together as a body and to magnify your name. And during this time, this season where we celebrate the coming of your son and his soon return, we just thank you for all things. And Father, as we look into your word, we ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts that we will grow thereby. We thank you for all these things. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We are into our fifth and final episode of this series entitled Advent. And as we close it out, we are going to focus on one of the prime candidates for this occasion. We are going to focus on Mary today. And my opening statement for today is this. Mary celebrates God's great gift to her after visiting her cousin Elizabeth. Y'all get this in a moment. <laughs> oh, you'll get this in a moment. Forgot to turn my timer on. All right. When we first started off on this journey, we started off with our first episode, which was an explanation of Advent. Then we went to episode number two, where we talked about the unveiled promise for hope. Then episode number three, we talked about the transformative joy that is unleashed. Last week, we looked at uh, our, uh, our desire to pioneer peace in Advent, to set the trail, to remove the obstacles so that others can see the journey ahead. And here today, we are now in episode number five, and in episode number five, our subtitle is called to reflect on love's Advent embrace. Reflect on love's Advent embrace. Our definitions are Advent. Advent is a coming. It is a uh, time that not only talks about his coming, but also his return. And approximately the coming of our Savior and in the calendar, it includes four Sundays before Christmas. Our next definition is reflect. Reflect means to consider attentively, to revolve in the mind, to contemplate, think about, introspectively review. The next word is love. And every time I looked at the definitions, it always pointed to this word called benevolence. And benevolence is the disposition to do good, to have goodwill, kindness, and charitableness. Benevolence. And the final word for today is embrace. Embrace means to seize eagerly, to lay hold on. To receive or take with willingness that which is offered. Embrace. 
And so as we look through all those definitions, as we jump into Luke, the first chapter, starting at the 39th verse, going all the way up through the 55th verse, I have to give you a little background in order for you to be caught up to what's going on. What happened was, as the holy uh, days previously were getting ready to be, uh, be celebrated, Zechariah, one of the uh, priests, it was his turn to go into the holies of holies and, and to offer the sacrifice for Israel. As he's in there, this angel comes and tells him, hey, Zach, what's up, bro? You know, you and your wife been wanting a baby. Y'all going to have a baby. Now, Zach's a little bit one of the older priests, and he called this angel a liar and said, that ain't happening here, bro. And the angel said, well, you know what? Until it happened, you can't, you won't be able to speak. So he comes out and he cannot speak. And what happened is he goes home and spends time with his wife and his wife ends up pregnant. Her name is Elizabeth. A couple of months later, this young lady who has just become betrothed, which means the process of marriage has begun is laying in her bed. Her name is Mary. And as she's laying in her bed, the angel that talked to Zach came to Mary and said, you are blessed above all women. And because of that, you shall usher in the Messiah. Mary said, who are you talking about, Willis? <laughs> and Mary said, if it is to be, then let it be, because I have not been with any man. My, my, my betrothed husband, Joseph, is setting up the house and getting everything ready for our final uh, uh, phase of marriage. And so everything is going on. Well, y'all know how us men is. She told Joseph what was going on, and Joseph said... Yeah, right. The Lord got you pregnant. Mm. All right. And so then that night, the angel had to come and say, Joseph, what your uh, spouse wife has told you is true. This is the doing of the Lord. And, the Lord, and if it's the Lord's doing... It's going to be done well. And so Joseph did not have her kicked to the curb, did not, and he took her on as his wife. Now, the thing that we also have to realize is that Joseph is a part of the heritage. His ancestry is in line with King David. So Mary wasn't getting hooked up with no everyday person. This is a person of a kingly lineage. And so now we are in Luke, the first chapter, the 39th verse. And it says, 
in verse number 39, it says, In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there will be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the thought in, in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. May the Lord have a blessing to the reading of his word and those that hear it. This, starting in verse number 46, has such a significance that it is actually called the Magnificent. It is the song that Mary has declared as she has sat up in here and met up with her cousin. Now think about this. They are six months apart, so Mary at the time, because of the, 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 the thought is because of that she was pregnant and had not totally fulfilled the wedding obligation that the family decided to go sent her to be with her cousin for a little bit, who was also pregnant. Mary walks into the house, and as soon as she gives a greeting, as soon as her voice resonates throughout the house, something in Elizabeth causes her baby, which we now know is John, to get excited in her womb. It was such an excitement. It wasn't like a, a regular kick. I ain't never been pregnant, but I, I have seen the impression of a foot on a belly. Now, just think about uh, 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 somebody in your womb, you ladies that have had a baby, and they having a shopping match in your belly at the time. Because something, oh, yeah, see, I got some bad looks on just thinking about that. That the baby is in there excited and moving gratefully and, and mightily in her womb. She said that the baby has leaped yes. for joy. Mm 
Now, his leap for joy, I don't think, caused her joy, but she just knew something was happening within her because of Mary's presence. And as she heard Mary's voice, not only did the baby within her leap, but it says that the Holy Spirit fell on Elizabeth. And when the Holy Spirit falls on you, it causes you to see things in a different mindset in a different perception because she then said you are blessed above all the women and here is the thing Mary realizes at that moment that she is the fulfillment of the word of the Lord you have to think about for thousands of years that the children of Israel have been looking for a rescuer. Someone that will change their environment. Someone that will make them mighty as they were when David was king of Israel. Somebody that would bring them all back together. Someone, they've been looking for this over and over again and the prophets throughout the Old Testament were declaring that he's coming, he's coming, he's coming, and he's coming, he's coming, but I don't hear no sounds. Y'all remember back in the days when it'd be a hot day and you'd be outside and you have about 50 cents in your pocket, and all of a sudden you hear the ring jing a ling of the ice cream man on another street. And depending on how hot it was that day, you wouldn't wait for him to come to your street. You would figure out the direction he's going, and you would go run and meet him. And the good thing about the ice cream man, he didn't have necessarily a stop route. He just stopped wherever money was going to be handed to him. So you could stop him in the middle of the street. He'd pull over, and he'd service you. Could you imagine if you heard the ice cream truck on that hot day, and you went to a location and nothing was there. This is how generations of Israel, uh, the nation of Israel felt that the Messiah is so near, but he's not here. And it, after a while, when you would hear that jingle jangle of the ice cream truck, you would just flip your hand down and say, oh, ain't nothing. Because you would be frustrated. And I, I want to have hope. But every time I have hope. It, it just doesn't show up. But now we see Mary singing this song. Mm. Yeah. And the reason it's called. The Magnificent. Magnificent. Not sent. But can't. Is because the first words. That, that come for her mind is. Her soul magnifies the Lord. And in Latin, the action word is the first word that is declared. So in Latin, it would say, magnify the Lord, my soul. And so that's why it has the word. If you look up the word magnificent, you will see that it is all over the place. And in this Thing Mary brings out a revelation that we sometimes miss. 
She declares that God has turned the tables of life. We always think that the person that is the best, uh, the greatest, and the, and the one that has done all the things is the one the Lord is looking for. But he has taken this humble servant girl who will listen to him and do as he says and says, I'm going to make you the woman that is spoken of from generation to generation. He has reversed the roles that were commonly held and has taken the poor, the rejected, the oppressed, and exalted them. And he has humbled those that are rich, proud, and esteemed. He has reversed the roles. He doesn't do it the way man does it. He does it in his own special way. And sometimes we got to recognize that God has a special way of doing business. The world will tell you that don't do it that way because it doesn't make sense. But the word of God has the ability to make even the wisest men confused. Because God operates in a realm that is not like how we operate in. There is a, a supposition that the reason that Mary went to see Elizabeth is because this is almost similar to in Genesis when Rebecca was having Esau and Isaac because what ends up happening is the older serves the younger. Traditionally, the younger serve the older. But in this situation, just like with Jesus and John, John being the older cousin, the older relative, will actually be serving the younger relative, which is Jesus. So as we will look at how this works, it's that God does not do it the way that we have it set up. He's got his own way of doing yes. business. And so as Mary has sung this song of appreciation, I don't, I don't know if she had a DJ behind her, you know, and having been tracks laid down while she was reciting this. I don't, I don't believe that is what happened. But if we were to do it today, you know, we would have someone doing that kind of thing. But the thing that we need to point out is that the words have significance. Words have meaning. I, I hear a lot of folks that say, I really don't listen to the words. I listen to the beat. Well, let me help you understand that although you listen to the beat, the words are still becoming a part of your psyche. So everything that you hear becomes a recorded uh megabyte, kilobyte, however bigger it is, in the computer of your mind. So we have this young 14, 15-year-old young lady who is now singing about the gratitude that God has looked upon her with, the, the favor that God has put her in. 
And she sings of his mercy upon the entire earth, using her as the vehicle of God to provide mercy from generation to generation. Now, last week we bounced and we discussed the, 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 uh, the word salvation, but salvation does not only point to the forgiveness of sins. It also involves the way that God delivers his people. If we could look back and we can see, even with Adam and Eve, because of their transgression, their salvation was to be removed from the Garden of Eden and given tasks in order to accomplish, to show that they understand the mistake they made, but God, however, when he sent them out, provided them with what was necessary, which was a sacrifice to restore them back to the proper position with him. So Mary is saying that God is doing this, that he has heard the cries of the people. That he has listened to their concerns. He has heard their fears. And, and in all of that, that God has prepared a plan just to redeem the folks back to himself. That Jesus is restoring the order that he established from the beginning. And that he is mindful of what is needed by the people in order to get back into that proper position. We would love for God's salvation to remove everything out, wouldn't we? We would just love that when we become a part of the family of God that every, we no longer have no worries. We no longer have no cares. We no longer have any concerns. We would love that. But that's not how God does his business. He needs an example. He needs somebody to reflect his love to others. He needs a, 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 something on the earth to act like a mirror that his love can bounce off of and show up on someone else. He needs this so that it can embrace a person. And that it can make them feel that even in the midst of the pain that they're going through, that there is something outside themselves that is caring and concerned about them. During this time of, of Advent, we should be showing a love. Based upon this song that Mary has sung, that we know that God has humbled those that think that they're better, that they are greater than, and he has exalted those that have humbled themselves and have been poor and, and have gone through things and realized that without God that they would fail. He has flipped that script so that people that are hurting and going through that are lacking can have hope. That if he did it for him, he can do it 
for me. There are those who believe that the only way that we can really have salvation is to uh, destroy the political systems, uh, destroy uh, countries, destroy all these barriers, all these people that have exalted themselves to remove them from those positions. But God is saying above and beyond all that, I just need you to love me because if you love me and my love shines through you, then you can change an entire nation. The problem is we look at changing the nation instead of changing ourselves. I want to be who I be, and you just need to change. But if any change needs to be made, it needs to start with me. As we are coming to the day that everybody loves to celebrate, do you know that's one of the few days that everybody wants to celebrate? Even those that don't want to celebrate Christmas celebrate. Christmas on the down low. They'll slide a present to somebody. They'll say happy holidays. They'll do things because this time period has seemed to touch the psyche of all people and made them feel that they need to be a little bit more better, a little bit more nicer, a little bit more encouraging, except on, like I said last time, Black Friday. <laughs> Black Friday, and you have no friends until you get the deal that you want. And if your friend take the deal that you want, then you beat up your friend so that, I'm just kidding, but you don't really beat them up. But anyway, you just... This is a time that we should be showing love one to another. The problem is getting that to resonate through the other 364 days of the year. Getting that to be the mindset, the, the, the thing that we set before us for the next 360-something days. My challenge to you today is to think about how do I reflect love? How am I reflecting love to myself, to my family, to my friends, to my enemies? How do I reflect love to those areas. Notice what we started off with. How do I reflect, how am I showing love to myself? Do I love myself? Am I 
to act like I love myself when I'm around people and when I get away from people, I'm putting myself down for how I was acting. The foundation of all of this is reflecting how I am to others that I interact with. You know there's a meme, I shouldn't call it a meme, but you know it's a video that I truly enjoy of the young girl sitting in the car in the back seat and the father's getting ready to pull off and he looks back there and he says, do you have your seatbelt on? And the young lady says, worry about yourself. Now, I like what she said. Why? Because that's what we need to do. We need to worry about ourselves before we start worrying about others. On a plane, they tell you that if a situation happens where masks drop down, that you need to put on your mask before you try to put on somebody else's mask. The group called, uh, oh man, the Williams brothers said it like this, that you need to sweep around your own front door before you try to sleep around mine. Not, not sleep, but sweep. Somebody else said, I remember this song. I remember this song, Reverend Porter used to sing it at the top of his lungs. He gave you six months to mind your own business and six months to leave mine alone. All of this is saying if we do the things within ourselves in order to become conformed to this person that Mary was singing about that is humbling themselves, that God will exalt them, that we're seeking God's faith, that God will provide direction, that we're standing on God's word so that we have the strength to overcome. If we focus on ourselves to be that person, when we walk in a room and we say something to somebody that they will feel the presence of God in us. And it will cause people to not feel as if something is going on with them. But that this God is doing something in their life causing them to feel his presence. As we started out, my opening thought was this. Mary celebrates God's great gift to her after visiting her cousin, Elizabeth. And this leads to my, <clears throat> excuse me, it leads to my final thought that during Advent, we are called to stop and consider the many ways God has shown and continues to show us his love. We sometimes take his love for granted. 
We sometimes look at God and be like, oh, he's going to be there. Because he is. But if you acknowledge that and realize that it's because of his loving kindness towards us, we are not consumed. Because he has watched over us and kept us in all things, we have victory. And we'll let and reflect upon love's advent embrace, the, the, the embrace of what God has done for us, how God has done something wonderful for us so that we can be reconciled back to him. We would celebrate that if we understood how great it was in our lives. And when we understand how great it is in our lives, we will then begin to reflect his love toward others. And it will not be a forced thing. It will be because of how we live our lives. Now, again, once again, the key to <clears throat> all this is us reflecting or Focusing on and embracing what God has given to us. And what God has given to us is redemption. He has given to us the ability to get back in right standing with him. In order to do that, we have to accept the gift that he's given. Really the gift that we are celebrating during this season. The gift of his son. The Bible says to us that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So what that means is when we accept Jesus as the gift for our life. Then we have eternal life. And the process is not a hard thing. It is set up so that. If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. What's that? Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, rescued, delivered. From the penalty of sin, which is death. Now, making that decision is an individual choice, but the conduct or the journey ahead is not an individual event. It's a team sport, and we want to come alongside you and assist you along this journey. That means that we want to know that you have made this decision and we want to assist you, help you to become all that God has called for you to be. So in order to do that, here is our email. Our email is, is info at godshousecc.com. If you don't want to email us, you can text us at 864-920-0100. No matter where you are in the world, we want to come alongside you and assist you along this 
journey. Well, friends and family, that's episode number five in the books. Reflect on love's advent embrace. During this holiday time, this time that you are celebrating one another, you're handing out presents, you're eating like you did on Thanksgiving and all those other things, take a moment to think about how Mary sung a song that celebrated the fact that God has reversed the, pro the process that the world operates in, turned it all the way upside down on its head, and has exalted those that are considered the poor and the humble. And he has humbled those who have felt that they are entitled and should have everything. He has reversed that process because he's God and he can do whatever he wants to do. But let us endeavor this year, to the rest of this year and into 2024, to reflect God's love to everyone that we shall encounter. Amen? Well, next Sunday is the last day of the year, and we are going to celebrate the last day of the year by coming together on that Sunday, and I am going to do a message on that Sunday also. <laughs> Y'all not going to tell you the title. No, I'm just, we're going to be doing a message on that Sunday also. So until next time. God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name. Amen.